Hey, you're listening to That Witchy Stuff, and I'm your host, Celeste. Hey, hey, witchy people. What's happening? Today is Tuesday evening after work, and um, I'm doing all right. Halloween is next week, so you would think a witch with a podcast that people listen to would do an episode about Halloween. But I guess I'm just not that witch. Like, I want to be. But, you know, I guess I kind of feel like everything to be said about Halloween has already been said by me and by, you know, a million other people. I just don't feel like there's anything left to say about it. So, uh, yeah, we're not going to talk about Halloween, but it is next week. And, um, well, I was going to say I'm excited, but now that my kids are grown, uh, I, I, I don't know. I guess I don't actually have any feelings about it. So, so yeah, if you have little kids and you love Halloween, that's great. And enjoy it because when they get big, it may change a little bit. Um, but anyway, none of that has anything to do with anything. Um, I have a piece of candy in my mouth. I'm trying really hard to make, not make sucking noises, but I keep getting like this, um, this dry, like catch in my throat, you know, and then I have to cough. And anyway, you know, I've actually been trying to record this episode for like two days and, uh, just could not get it right. I kept messing it up. So here we are. And um, hopefully, uh, if that didn't run you off, um, one, uh, hats off to you. And two, um, thank you. <laughs> but but yeah, so today's episode is going to be about um, scrying. So we had talked about scrying in, in an early episode, um, like a year and a half or so ago, I think. But well, we talked about divination and scrying was a part of that, but I think I really kind of glossed over the topic at that point because I just, I had tried scrying. I didn't feel like I had any kind of like success with it at all. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't have a whole lot to say about it, but I feel like I have a lot more information now and, um, yeah, I want to, I want to let you know what I've found out. So, um, yeah, let's take a short break and, uh, then we'll be right back. Now back to the show. Okay, and we're back. So, uh, scrying. Scrying is um, a form of divination, and divination, in one form or another, has been practiced basically since the, be- the beginning of recorded time, if not even earlier than that. Um, so, to me, for something to have been passed down and continued for 5,000 years or more, That means that there is some level of validity to it. And scrying is actually believed to be one of the oldest forms of divination, and it's still widely practiced today. Uh, There are a lot of subcategories to it, but in a nutshell, um, it's a form of divination that involves gazing into a medium in order to receive visions or symbols or images from the spirit realm or the divine entity or the universe or whatever. The distinction between it and other forms of divination is that, like with tarot, there are set images and set definitions for what those images are supposed to mean. 
and there's different ways to read it. You know, there may be multiple definitions for one card, but you have like a set of things to choose from. You have a set image and a set of definitions. Um, other types of, of other divination, like uh, even like pendulum, you know, if it moves left to right, it's yes or it's yes. And if it moves up and down, it's no, or however you have it, you know, defined for yourself. But the point is that there are set things that you see and most of the time some level of set definition. With scrying, on the other hand, you don't have anything to look at um, that has set images. Like you're looking at something and the image comes to you either in um, like in a vision and it's only in your mind or you see a particular shape and realize that like that, that looks like this and, and then that would mean this. Um, so I think a lot of people ask like, when would you use scrying as opposed to other forms of divination? Um, obviously the first answer is whenever you want. <laughs> like you should do whichever one you feel um, comfortable with. Um, but for me, uh, so like if I'm going to ask a question on tarot, I need a specific question. I need to have thought about that question to a point that I was able to distill it down to the very barest question that tarot can answer. Um, and you know, we're not always right about what we're distilling it down to. So if I ask a question like say, um, will I change jobs in the future? It, maybe it's going to tell me no, because I'm still staying at, at the same company, but I changed roles within that company. So, but if I had asked, will I continue to do the same job that I'm doing now, then I would have gotten a different answer. So you see what I mean? The distinction there with scrying, I don't need to know how to distill that question. I can scry and just have a basic scenario in my mind, you know, a basic idea of something in my mind and scrying can take me to an answer. In fact, until you're like comfortable with scrying, like when you're first learning, you really shouldn't have a question at all. You should just scry and see what comes to you because you, you kind of need to set like your set of definitions and that can take some time. Like if I see a butterfly and every time I see a butterfly in all the various times I've done scrying, if it always seems to mean the same thing, then I can set that definition in my mind. You know, like I can say, okay, when I'm scrying, if I see a butterfly, it means travel. Um, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I have no idea what it means, but just as an example. So, um, so yeah, I would recommend that you spend a good bit of time just practicing scrying and getting comfortable with it and understanding what things mean to you before you have a big question that you need to ask it. Um, yeah, I would definitely say now is the time to practice that. Um, so yeah, what do you use for scrying? Um, you know, I mentioned it involves gazing into a medium and I didn't mean a medium as in a person who speaks to spirits, just for the record. So you know that there are lots of different things that you can look at um, in order to do scrying. In fact, basically anything can work. The point 
is that you want to either increase the visual stimuli so that there are things to see in it, or you want to completely reduce the visual stimuli so that you're forced to make um, visions without other influence. Um, so what can you use to do it? There are some set like common things that people use and I think the common things is a good place to start because there's a lot more reference material out there available to you. So most common like Hollywood level which is always going to have a crystal ball. I, I want a crystal ball, just for the record. I'm just putting that out there. I'm putting it into the universe that I will have a crystal ball. Um, but with the crystal ball, it can be either like the clear crystal, like rock crystal that you can see through and, you know, like it's on its little stand and you got your hoop earrings on or whatever. Or it can be other types of um, crystal. Uh, a lot of witches love to use obsidian spheres. Um, you know, that whole black black vibe kind of thing. Um, if you want to do some scrying that is really kind of um, based on like various types of love, maybe you have a rose quartz um, sphere. Um, I have the selenite sphere. And when you look at it, it's mostly like just that satiny white kind of selenite look. But when you look from a, one particular direction, you can see through it. It's not completely transparent, but is translucent enough that I can see shapes through it. So that would be kind of a fun and interesting thing to use for scrying because it kind of looks like an eyeball, you know? Um, but yeah, if you use a crystal ball or other types of crystal, you can scry either by looking at the reflective surface of it or looking into it. And most of the things that we're going to talk about will have different ways of doing it. Um, if a reflection is involved, a lot of times it will be either looking at the reflection or looking through the reflection. Um, some other things. Uh, you can use any kind of rock or crystal or mineral that is visually interesting. You know, have you ever picked up one of those rocks and like you're looking at it and you almost feel like you lost time because it just, it kind of fascinated you. That's a good thing to use for scrying. Um, conversely, you can use a crystal that is less visually interesting. Um, like, a, like if you have a well-formed crystal and it's not really, there's not really a whole lot to, to see, but you can look through it and kind of turn it like a kaleidoscope. That's going to distort the things that you're seeing and give your mind the opportunity to see what the significant things are. Um, let's see what else. People will use a body of water or a water bowl. Um, again, you can look at the reflective surface or you can look into it, depending on what you're doing, how you like to do it. If you're, um, a lot of times when people use like a body of water, they're looking at the ripples. They may even be making ripples by, you know, dropping something into it or whatever. The same goes when you're using um, a water bowl. You may make ripples. You may look at only at a still reflection. You may look into the water. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, what else? Uh, a black mirror. So a black mirror is another one of the really common ones with witches. But there are different ways to make it. Like, first of all, you don't have to buy one. Like, you can find them on Etsy for, like, some big bucks. And they look really cool, but you don't have to go to that level. Um, some people will say to take 
a mirror and paint the the glass of it black. I feel like that is not really the direction to take, but it's up to you. If, if you like that, then do it. You can also just take a picture frame and take the glass out of it. You know, like even just like a five by seven picture frame. It doesn't have to be like a great big thing. Take the glass out of it and either paint it black or um, you can use a candle and hold the glass over the candle so that the soot builds up on the glass. I like that method. It feels a lot more natural. And also it, like it leaves some texture and variations and things like that in the blackness that I can, like, I find that helpful. Um, but yeah, either way you want to do it is, is up to you. Just when you put the glass back in the picture frame, make sure that you turn it so that the sooted or painted part is on the inside. You should also uh, cover your black mirror when you're not using it. I don't exactly know why. Um, I don't know if it may be something about, like, not letting something out or not letting negative entities get into your mirror, things like that. But I don't know how I feel about that. I just keep mine turned towards, like turned to the wall. It's on a shelf, so like it's standing up straight. I just keep it turned to the wall. I mean, it's kind of one of those things like you are opening your mind up to like external intelligences. <laughs> so maybe taking some precautions, precautions is a good idea. Um, what else? Uh, 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 sorry, my, my computer, um, tried to go to sleep and I lost my place. Okay. Fire is another really common, um, tool for divination or for scrying. Um, in fact, that one's called pyromancy. That's the only one that I know the, the other word for it. Um, so you can either gaze into the actual fire itself. Um, it could be like a fire, like a bonfire, fireplace fire, or it can be like a candle and you're just gazing into the single candle flame. You can wait until the fire is burned down. If it's, you know, like um, a, a fire kind of fire, you can wait until it's burned down and then gaze into the coals. I don't know if you've ever really looked at the coals after a fire is like, is no longer got the big, <clears throat> sorry, it no longer has the big flames. It's just you know, very low, those coals get really interesting. Like the, there's all kinds of different colors and patterns like dancing across them. It's really cool. Um, so in addition to fire or the coals, I hope y'all can't hear my notifications going off on my work computer. Let me just take a second to turn that volume down because it's really loud. Okay. All right. Moving on. Um, in addition to the actual fire or the coals, you can, um, look at the smoke from a fire uh, and do some pretty intense scrying with that. A lot of people will use smoke from incense because the sticks especially, well, I guess the combs do too. Incense has a tendency to make those interesting kind of shapes. It just happens. So it's really easy to scry with that because like it's already making shapes. Um, what else? Oh, so one of the things that, that you can do and I've heard a lot of people say, like, it gets pretty intense. You can look at your own face in a mirror for scrying. Um, when you do that, you have the room darkened, and then you have a candle or two 
uh, off to the side of you so that it's not, it's not in any of the mirror. It's lighting up like half of your face because you kind of want your face to be distorted. And then you stare at it for so long that it kind of becomes unrecognizable as your face. Remember a couple episodes back, we were talking about um, deja vu and um, jamais vu and presque vu. Yeah. So it turns into one of those jamais vu kind of things. Like I've never seen this, even though it's your own face, your brain will kind of eventually get tired of like analyzing it. And you will see something that you can't necessarily recognize as your own face anymore. It's very weird. Like it's kind of, um, it can kind of have uh, be a way to like remove your identity from the situation. And then on those same lines, there's eye scrying. Um, you can either stare into someone else's eyes and, and scry for them, or you can look into your own eyes in a mirror. And, and again, it's going to be one of those kind of things where like eventually it doesn't even look like your eye anymore. And then that's when you're able to begin to see other things. All right. So, uh, so yeah, those are some of the different kinds of scrying. Now the question is, how do you do it? You can just sit down with your, your scrying medium and sorry, I bumped the the mic. My nose is itching like crazy. (laughs) Okay. Oops. I bumped it again. Sorry. Okay. You can either sit down with the medium of your choice and just immediately start scrying, or you can take a more ritualistic approach to it. In my opinion, this is a place to take a more ritualistic approach. Um, you know, I mentioned a minute ago that you are opening your, your psyche up to some intelligence beyond yourself. And it's helpful to know that there are some protections in place. So the first thing that you're going to want to do is to cast a circle whether you cast the circle with the four corners and the elements and and all that stuff, or you cast a circle in the way that like you imagine pulling that energy into yourself and then, and until you're like filled with light and then you expand it outside of yourself and create like a bubble. Either one of those works, whichever one you feel is the most protective to you. But when you're casting your circle, you want to actually do it with the intention of it being protective, you know, like that, only the, only the intelligences that are, um, that mean you no harm and, and are able to provide insight to the situation are allowed and no one else is allowed, something like that. So also keep in mind where you cast your circle. You need to be in a place that um, you're physically comfortable. You know, like you don't want to be standing at your altar to scry because it is potentially going to take some time and you need to get into a trance state. And we'll talk about that in a second, but it's a lot harder to get into a trance state when you are like, when you need to focus on like standing, you know? Um, so wear comfortable clothes and um, wear comfortable clothes and make sure in a comfortable place. I just remembered, I meant to talk about the things that you want to gather before you start, um, before you start with the, all the rest of this. Um, so you need a pen and paper, pencil, pencil and paper, something like that, because as you're seeing things, you need to record them. 
you can also use like a, literally a voice recorder, like on your phone. So as you see something, you just speak it out loud real quick. But you have to be careful when you're doing it that you're not like getting yourself out of your trance um, because then you have to get back into it and it just makes it a lot harder. So whichever direction you decide to take with that, just try to make sure that you're only putting the very minimal amount of attention on it when you do it. Um, and I do recommend, even if you're going to use a voice recorder, I really do recommend also having um, something to write with and, you know, paper, whatever, because it could be that you see something and you don't know what it is and you can just sketch it out real quick. So say you see something, you, you don't know what it is, you sketch it out. And then later on, like the thing happens, you know, whatever was in your, your scrying, it happens. And then you realize that the shape that you drew, that you sketched out was actually um, a water fountain. Um, so yeah, definitely have something to write with, but whichever method is going to make it easiest for you to maintain your focus on scrying, then that's what you should do. Uh, you are also going to want to have some candles. Candles are almost always involved with scrying, um, at least in my experience. I guess you could do it in ways that don't need a candle, but it doesn't matter. Candles are cool. There are uh, some specific crystals that you might want to use. And then if you are going to do um, a spell or, you know, do a ritual, you would want to go ahead and gather those ingredients for the spell or anything that you need for your ritual, like altar items and stuff like that. Okay, so now that you've gathered all your things, oh, also, go ahead and take a bathroom break before you start, uh, because you don't want to be in the middle of it and all of a sudden realize, like, you're going to die if you don't go pee right now. Because um, that's going to, it's going to ruin it. Like, you can't, it's very difficult to get back into that trance state. Um, at least it is for me. So yeah, just go pee first. It won't hurt anything either way. Okay, so now uh, you've cast your circle. Um, once you've cast your circle, uh, take a minute to do some grounding and centering. And then after that, you want to work your ritual or your spell. Now, what kind of ritual or what kind of spell you do is entirely up to you. Um, you may call on a, a deity or ancestors or an element or whatever, for their assistance, um, or you may do just a spell that would um, strengthen your psychic abilities and uh, give you clarity, you know, uh, or you can do both. I mean, like, I wouldn't do a ritual and not a spell, personally, but I prefer spells either way. So, um, so yeah, if you're going to do a spell, there are some crystals that you may want to use. Um, some crystals for clarity. Uh, tiger's eye is good for clarity of the mind and also for trust in your own judgment. And since you have to see these, these things and trust that you're, you're receiving, um, this information from outside of yourself, I feel like tiger's eye would be really good. Clear course is always going to be good for clarity. Um, also just to strengthen other things like other crystals, like amplify them. Selenite is also really good. Selenite is associated with Selene, um, a goddess of the moon. So think about like 
how the moon brings light to the darkness and things like that. But there is a little bit of caution to be used there too, because moonlight can some sometimes distort things to make something that is good look like something that's evil. And I mean, I don't have personal experience, but I would assume the reverse is also true. It can make something that's evil look like something good. So if you're going to use a crystal that has like that kind of moon energy, I would make sure that you also um, include some things for truth and things like that. Um, all right. So some crystals for psychic abilities. Um, you have amethyst. It's kind of like, in my opinion, your standard. This one is for psychic ability. Um, lapis lazuli connects to your third eye and to intu intuition. Um, malachite connects the solar plexus, heart, and third eye chakras. Um, moonstone nurtures psychic abilities, but again, you know, you've got that moon energy to think about there. Sodalite is good to connect to your spirit guides. And then um, labradorite is good for astral travel and manifestation and psychic protection. So um, then, yeah, you, you do your ritual, you do your spell, you include your crystals, whatever. Um, I would say in a, in a scenario like scrying, I would feel like if you have um, several crystals that you're able to use, you know, if you can put one at, you know, each corner of the circle or if you can put them in a circle around you, I think it's important, though, to not just have it like beside you, but for it to be encircling you if, if you're able to. If you're not, then you should hold the crystal in whichever hand you feel like you're going to be getting the most power through. All right, so after you've done your ritual or your spell, the next thing you need to do is induce a trance state. Um, I have a lot to say about this, but I'm going to try not to make it too long. You know, I've been doing the, the gateway experience tapes and y'all stuff is happening. Like that stuff is for real, but, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to get into it on this episode. Um, did I talk about, uh, when I was talking about the different types of medium, did I mention candle scrying? I don't know if I did. I feel like I skipped it. Candle scrying is a good one. Uh, you pour the wax, the melted wax into water, and then you, look at those shapes to um, see what types of images they make. I think I skipped it because candle scrying doesn't work for me. Like all the shapes that they made were, were like penises. And I feel like that is not the answer. I mean, it's the answer to a lot of things, but I don't feel like it's like my prophecy. So yeah. Um, okay. Going back down. So uh, inducing a trance. You want to kind of, there's kind of two directions you can take with this. One is where you're very um, relaxed and in like a very focused state. The other one is where you're very relaxed and almost in like a dis dissociated state. In either one of those, your, your mind is going to be focused, but the way you kind of get there is really the same thing, but I don't know. There's some differences. Let me just move on with it. Okay. So if you listen to the gateway experience episodes, I talked in that episode about how 
um, what hypnosis does is basically bore the left side of your brain into like a stupor so that the right side of your brain can be accessed more easily. The right side of your brain, that's where like your create creativity and intuition and emotions and things like that, that's going on in the right side of your brain. The left side of your brain takes information from the right side, like the right side passes information to the left side and the left side makes more logical, analytical type things. Like an object has a name, say coffee cup. That's in the left side of your brain. The way you feel about the coffee cup or any like, you know, nostalgia associated with the coffee cup, like, oh, I remember, you know, my son gave me that cup and da da da. That kind of stuff is in the right side of your brain. Anyway, with hypnosis, what you do is you kind of remove the left side of your brain from the equation so that you're able to get into like that more creative side. It's, I really start hesitating when I say stuff like this, don't I? I just, I just mean like when you're connecting to other intelligence or connecting to your own subconscious, you got to do it through the right side of your brain. So in order to do that, you have to put the left side of your brain um, almost asleep. Now you can do that with various types of auto hypnosis. Um, you can repeat sounds until they lose meaning. Um, like chanting. Have you ever said the same word over and over and over until it no longer sounds like a word or feels like a word? That's what you want to be doing. Um, you can use sounds like, you know, the kind of classic um sound, um, because that, uh, constant same tone will put the left side of your brain to sleep. But in addition to that, it can help with some of the, um, fluid filled areas of your brain to create a resonance. And that's, again, that's starting to get into the gateway experience kind of stuff. But I feel like using that kind of sound where it kind of makes your head feel like you can feel the vibrations of it in your, in your head physically, that helps. Um, another thing is uh, um, you can use something like sand bowls. Um, you can do breath work. With breath work, whichever method you're going to take to induce your trance, breath work is probably going to be involved in it. There are a couple of different, well, there's like loads of different methods, but a couple of different schools of thought on the breath work. You may do a lot of really deep, slow breathing. Um, that absolutely will put you into a more relaxed state. It is going to give your body a lot of oxygen. It's going to be a good thing. You can also do patterned breathing, like um, box breathing. I saw someone yesterday when I was looking into this stuff, I saw it called fourfold breathing. And I really thought that sounded cool, like in a witchy kind of way. But it's also called box breathing. So that's where you breathe in, taking four seconds. You hold it for four seconds. You exhale while that takes four seconds, and then you hold it on the empty for four seconds, and then you start over. Um, the one thing I will say with breath work is it is a good idea to do this kind of stuff if you're sitting down or laying down. 
because you don't really know how you're going to react to it. It can cause dizziness or, you know, stuff like that. For me personally, I like to start off with slow, deep breaths, but then I like to, um, I like to kind of speed it up so that I'm taking much more shallow breaths. And the reason for that is I start to feel it better in my body. Um, I'm probably like hyperventilating and then just sort of kind of maintaining that. Um, but it works for me. I don't know what it is exactly that I'm doing. I used to worry though, because like everybody talks about in meditation, you should be taking these deep, deep breaths the whole time. And I don't, I may start off with that, but inevitably every time I will wind up taking very shallow breaths. Um, and I've recently found out that it actually is beneficial. Like, so I'm just saying you don't have to be able to do it the way everybody else do it, does it, does it, <laughs> the way everybody else do it, I think is what I said. Anyway, you don't have to be able to do it that way. You need to do whatever it is that you do that will make it where it feels like you're you don't really feel your body unless you really think about it, you know, like it almost feels like your body is numb or like your body's asleep and your brain is awake. And that when you're able to do that, then you know, you've got the left side kind of out of the picture so that the right, we can just access the right side. Cause if the left side is up, it dominates, like it, it controls the situation. The right side has to pass information to the left side in order for it to come out. So we want the left side to just be like, yeah, okay, sure. And not pay much attention to what's going on. And if your body is feeling kind of numb or like it's not there, then the left side of your brain is not paying attention and that's good. It may feel like tingles. It may feel like um, vibrations or your body may have no feeling at all or may feel like um, disassociated, disassociated or dissociated. It doesn't matter. Moving on. Anyway. So now once you've reached that state, how do you do this crying? Um, it can be, it can be done in so many ways. Like it's, it's hard to know where to start. So if you're going to look at a reflection or like you're going to use a reflective surface, most of the time, you're going to want to position it so that it's lit up, but that you don't see any reflections in it um, because you don't want that to kind of like hinder your, your ability to see these visions. So uh, putting candles to either side of it, but at some distance. Um, other types of things, you know, like water would be the same kind of thing. Mirror scrying, like where you're looking at your own face. That's going to be a situation where you just, again, the candles need to be off to the side, but you just are going to stare into your own face. Um, fire and smoke, uh, both of those is just a matter of like staring at it until you begin to feel um, like hypnotized. So then once you have it set up and you are in your trance-like state, then you want to kind of like look through it or look at it with soft focus. You don't really want to look at the surface trying to see something. 
you want to just kind of relax your eyes and let it happen. Like the more, the harder you try to find something to see, the less likely it will become that you are able to see anything. Like the point is to let your eyes get kind of weirded out. You can blink and stuff, but blinking can kind of like reset it so that your focus is, is not where it was or something like that. So try to avoid blinking, but you don't need to like not blink. Um, and then you just, you know, you'll begin to see things, particularly like around the edges of your vision. It may start there or it may start like around the edges of the object that you're using to scry. Um, I've seen some people say that if you're using like a black mirror, it'll start to look like from the edges inwards, like it's starting to get hazy. And then once it's completely hazed over, that is when you'll begin to see your visions and things like that. Um, I don't know. I don't have personal experience with it being like that. Uh, the Really what you're doing is like, any kind of shapes that are there, like in the real world kind of stuff, you want to look in some type of way so that it's distorted or it feels distorted. Um, like you just, you don't want it to be that you see something that's actually there and then interpret that as part of your vision if it wasn't meant to be. If it was meant to be, that's different. But I'm just saying, reduce as much of that as you can. Um, so yeah. And then anytime you see something, you may also hear something, you may smell something, you may just have a thought, like, you know, a, a thought just popped in your mind. Write those down or say them out loud so that you can come back to it. You're not going to remember everything from your session, especially later on. You know, you may remember it after, you know, for a few minutes, but like two or three weeks from now, are you going to remember everything that you saw? I don't think so. And sometimes it's those really, really little things that are like keys, you know, like they're key points that make you suddenly realize that this is the thing, you know, like, I don't know, maybe you saw in your vision, like a, a watermelon lollipop, not a common thing. I don't know if I've ever seen a watermelon lollipop, but in your vision, you saw a watermelon lollipop. And then, you know, then later on, you see something that involves, you know, maybe it's a watermelon lollipop outright, or maybe it has something to do with, you know, a young child carrying a slice of watermelon. I don't know. But the point is, you're not going to remember the specifics after the fact. And then another thing you don't want to try to analyze what you're seeing while you're seeing it. Because what happens when you analyze something, you're using the left side of your brain now. You brought your left side, the left side of your brain back into the equation, and you're going to have to work to get it back out of the equation. And while you're working on it, you're not going to see anything because the left side of your brain is not going to allow you to see anything. Um, so don't try to analyze anything. And don't try to analyze, am I doing it right? Don't try to analyze, you know, um, oh, my nose itches, but I can't scratch it. Don't scratch, don't scratch, scratch your nose. Like the distraction, the distraction will be shorter if you just scratch your nose 
than it will be if you keep trying not to. Um, so yeah, really you just kind of want to get all kind of loosey-goosey and let it happen. If you have thoughts during the process, like you want to try to keep your brain empty if you can. If you have thoughts, have the thought, and then as soon as you realize you had a thought, just let it go, you know, back to what you were doing. And eventually you'll get to a point where you're seeing things. Um, and yeah, like that's really kind of all of it. And then after you're done, you know, put your stuff away, cover your, your mirror or your ball or whatever, um, open your circle and, and you're done. I think it's probably a good idea to go ahead and write down any other notes that you have, you know, like maybe, um, maybe one particular thing was more vivid or felt more important than another particular thing, you know, listen to your recording and make sure you wrote down everything that's on there or whatever. And, uh, from there, like it's up to you. You can interpret what you've seen literally symbolically. You can Google to see, you know, what does a purple dragonfly mean? Um, a lot of things, especially like with dream, um, dream dictionary type things will give you a lot of information. Um, but still also double check and compare that to other things like, uh, specific to crying, uh, crying, <laughs> specific to scrying. Um, it may be different than the dream dictionaries. So, so yeah. And I, I really think this is a really good time of the year to start doing it because the veil is very thin you have a much easier access to get to those types of things. And it's always going to be a matter of like making that connection to give you that additional information. So yeah, um, good luck with it. Let me know how it goes for you. I would love to hear more about it. Um, you can add comments on the, uh, the podcast episode, but I think it limits you to a, a few characters like 250 or something like that. Um, but you can also talk about it in the Facebook group. We're all in there. There's a lot of us now, a whole bunch of us. So, um, so yeah. Oh, well, the Facebook group, if you want to get in, uh, you just look for that witchy stuff. And there's some questions to answer. And that's it. Okay. So I am going to call it a night. I'm just about done with this whole week. And it's only Tuesday. But anyway, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.